IATSE Local 212 represents over 1,000 artists, technicians, and craftspeople working in Southern Alberta's entertainment industry. In the screen industry, they service projects with budgets ranging from $100,000 to $100 million. Recent increases to local production volumes have led to increased outreach and training. They promote respectful workplaces, safety, fairness, and first-rate benefits for their members. Local 212 is open to partnering with other industry stakeholders on training and marketing initiatives. They offer an informative set etiquette course each month, which is open to all. To learn more about them, please check out their website at iatse212.com or like and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Happy podcasting! the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. I'm Matt Waterworth. I am Scott Westby. And uh, we are Full Swing Productions. And we are on a mission to unite the Alberta film community. And by film, I mean video and XR and VR. XR, yes. And all the new terms and, you know, any sort of motion picture media. Uh, you're a filmmaker. Yeah. You, you know, you don't yeah. have to be a director. You can be a, a, a locations PA. You can be a, an accountant. But if you work on a movie, you're a filmmaker. I think even a video game, because video games are getting now to the point. They're, the lines are mm-hmm, blurring mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Bill Maher, uh, I'm a I'm a fan of Bill Maher, though he is a problematic uh, liberal at times. But uh, he uh, he had a whole bit about how I think it was the new Tomb Raider game was coming out, and people were talking about it as like, oh well, it's like it's more of a novel and it's more yeah. of like an experience. Uh, and and he and he had this bit about like, oh, I I. I walk forward. Like if you were to read the video game right. book, I walk forward. I, I jump over. A thing. <laughs> and, and I was like, Bill, come on. Yeah. Like sometimes you are so old. He is old. Yeah. Because yeah. video games are so in like, so some of them, some, not all of course, but some have gone, have taken storytelling to a new level. One there. of the best movies I've ever seen is uncharted four. Uh-huh. What a great, right, like it's right. a video game. But, and you're like, you're playing the whole time, but yeah. damn, like the story of that yeah, game yeah, is yeah. incredible. Pretty cool. That's incredible. Uh, so here we are, one yes. week away from shooting our movie. Yes, that's right. This movie's called Johnson, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and it's a crime comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guy Ritchie's version of The Big Lebowski. So it's got the classic British crime comedies, mistake of mistaken identity. Um, and I'm really excited for it, and I want to know how you're feeling. I'm okay. You know, it's uh, it's 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 all about just juggling. You know, trying to keep so many different things in the air, and uh, yeah. and you know, sometimes things fall and they have to be fixed or replaced, and that's uh, that's okay. It would be a lot more fun if if the things didn't fall. Yeah, that, that would be great for sure. But uh, but that's okay. You know, that's that's part of the part of the game. How about you? How are you feeling? I'm good, man. I'm 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 optimistic. Um, you know, we're cast now and that was a big, I didn't realize how important that was to me because I was like, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll get cast. No, no big deal. But, but now that we are cast, like, I'm just so like, I'm just so much more calm about mm-hmm, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm so excited about everybody that we've got. Um, you know, we, we went out to, to, you know, the big movie stars first to, you know, try to cast some A-list names in it. But once we, you know, shifted our strategy to more of a micro budget model, um, everybody in the cast was our first, offer right wow which which is pretty awesome that is cool yeah so you know i got everyone i wanted and that never happens um and you know so strong and so funny um yeah i'm really excited to work with all these people so cool 
yeah, so that's what's going on there. Uh, we will have a week of no sleep, and then we will have three weeks of no sleep, and then we will sleep. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure there will be sleep at some point. So what's going on in the film community? Uh, so this is something that we've, uh, you and I have actually been uh, spotted in the media talking about, the, uh, the news that the city is taking over ownership of the Calgary Film Center, uh, which means sort of paying off the studio's debt. Um, this is a, uh, $13.5 million, um, debt payoff, uh, which is, um, you know, it's hard to know exactly what that means. You know, we're, we're not, you know, insiders by any means, but, um, you know, just on, on the surface, it says to me that that's going to make the the studio, um, an easier place to shoot more flexibility, um, you know, time and, and, uh, uh, yeah, just the way it's able to to work might might be a good thing. Might make things easier, but you know we'll have to see. Yes, absolutely. And of course, um, the film center you know can be a bit of a controversial topic. Uh, and, and if you're friends with us on Facebook, you would have seen a little bit of back and forth with some of the film yeah, community, some conversation. But, but um, you know, we we had some conversations with those filmmakers um, later in person and in private and stuff. And you know, we always we always come back to the point that we're all on the same team and we all want the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the film center is a stepping stone to getting there. Right. Right. So uh, yeah, super. I think this is a, a, going to be a positive uh, move for the film center, and we'll yeah we'll see how it plays out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, another huge news for um, Calgary filmmakers and Edmonton ones, I guess, as well would be uh, that SATE uh, is now an official partner organization for the Telefilm Talent to Watch program. So historically in Alberta, we've had um, FAVA and CSIF. And now SATE is one of the other organizations. Mm-hmm. And it's it means that if you are a SATE grad recent within the last five years, um, you're eligible to apply to uh, get you know $127,000 or $125,000 to make your first feature film. So that's cool. It opens up uh, another door for filmmakers who uh, might not have been eligible or might not belong to one of the other uh, organizations and, you know, want to go through someone else. So, yeah, uh, it, I mean, I suppose it could be for any any filmmaker. In, yeah, in, that's what I that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah you yeah. don't have to be in Calgary just as long as you're a yeah. state alum, uh, which right. are, you know, people from all over the province. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so that's great. And perhaps outside the province, uh, too. But you're, sure. you're right. I suppose that that class isn't necessarily uh, a lot of people from out of town, but there's always one or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, the CSIF is uh, seeking volunteers as well uh, right now, happening uh, Sunday, September 30th and October 1st. Uh, they are looking for people, a uh, minimum of 18 years of age, to sign up and help, um, you know, make the CSIF work. That's a, you know, we've talked about it before. It's a big part of any nonprofit uh, or artist-run center's um, budget every year or every uh, other year yeah, every 18 months because yeah. of the way it works um but uh but yeah it's uh it's a must that uh that sort of um if you if, you know if you can help out and you you've you've uh found value in the csif um this is a really great way to get back and make sure it uh it gets its funding every year certainly uh and there's a link into the show notes uh it's at signup.com to, to find out how to Become, sign up uh, yeah, yeah volunteer for that uh, Story Hive has announced the winners of the documentary edition. This is fresh news, at least as we're recording this. Um, so each team will receive $50,000 to make a short documentary. And this round, 15 projects were selected from Alberta. Yeah. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. You're right. Oh, yeah. I forgot that it was 50K. That's huge. That's yeah. great. Um, yeah. That's very exciting because uh, there, but there were a lot of submissions as well, right? Like, 
That was the other thing. Like, yeah. it, like it sort of like like yay, a bunch of people got uh, got their their money and they're going to make their projects. But also, a lot of people are um, uh, not getting anything, and and well. it, it sort of dwarfs. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people that really reached out uh, and pitched, and then uh, it just feels like there aren't that many. This is the first time I've ever been like, wow, there's a lot that just didn't go. But uh, but that's okay. And I think I wonder if it's because. Um, you know, maybe more projects applied because of the amount of money that was available. Right. Yeah, but, that's a good point. It's certainly um, more attractive. Yeah. But yeah, like there are some in here that look really, really, really good. Yeah, um, for sure. That that didn't get the money, but you know, they, they can only give money out to so many and that's, you know, how it is. But you know, for those who didn't get it, you've earned a no. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's a discouraging moment, but, but you've done a lot of work to prep a project uh, for the next you know, the next one. And while there's not all that much money available, um, you can always hit up another source or, or uh, start thinking outside the box a little bit um, when it comes to maybe private investment. So, uh, you know, you've got a, you've actually made yourself a little presentation that you can take exactly. somewhere and say, yeah. you know, this is the film I want to make. Um, and you've got all these materials. Don't put them to waste. Keep, keep trying, I, I think is, uh, yeah, or is the best bet. And it's tough with documentaries too, right? Cause sometimes they're based around something that is happening you know, so they're time sensitive. This is true. This is a good um, point. But you don't, you, you don't need anything to make a movie anymore. You can do it's it true. on your phone. You it's know, worst true. case yeah. scenario, show up, record on your phone and cut something together. Mm-hmm. Later. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't make the $50,000 version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all things are possible in filmmaking. So. so congratulations to all the Alberta projects that were selected. Momentum from nothing to NASCAR. Just another beautiful family. The power lifter, Charlie, MS'd with the wrong girl. Finding normal. Uh, Amalite, Gem of the West, 60s Scoop Project, Picture a Farmer, Yeah Wave, uh, Typical Heart, Memoirs of the Motherland, Queen Scouts, North, uh, sorry, Norwest, and We All Believe in You. Um, excited to see those projects. Totally. Yeah. Congrats, everybody. Uh, speaking of Story High. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, I, yeah, I remember when we were talking about, the, you know, the... Um, the th- immersive edition yeah. that they did. The actually, they were kind enough to sponsor. Uh, Story yeah. Hive was uh, that's right during, this podcast yeah. at that time, and uh, we haven't really heard much about it since. And now the the projects are um, coming out, and um, uh, they're very um, they're, uh, yeah, they're they're very cool. And you they you, you cool. had uh, a lot to say about um, our guests' film. Um, because it is interesting to see, you know, because it was the first time they'd ever done, like, you kind of need to create two different things here. We need right. a linear project, but also a, a 360 VR type of thing as well. So yeah, it was definitely a pilot kind of test project for Story Hive. And uh, based on what I've seen, I think it went very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, no one better to tell the story than uh, Arjun. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. My pleasure. Um, well, you know, we've. I, I think, as I said when we were setting this up, it's nice to. Um, I, I think it would be a fair criticism of the podcast to say, "Well, it's a lot of people from Edmonton and Calgary." Mo- um, more so, even Calgary than Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it was nice to when you reached out because you're from Lethbridge. So yeah. tell us all about that. Yeah. Um, and who are you? Yeah. So my name is Arjun Gill, and. Um, yeah, I was joking that we should just start a Southern Alberta Filmmakers podcast because yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's not many of us around, yeah. but uh, it'll be pretty short-lived. But uh, my name is Arjun Gill. I'm a filmmaker out of uh, Lethbridge, Alberta. That's where I've been for about the past eight years. Okay. Um, I was born in the States, in California, before, and oh, okay. um, I was only there for a few months, and then I went to India for 11 years with oh, my wow. family. And um, the whole idea was they knew they wanted to be 
overseas, so they wanted me to get wanted me to get citizenship. Sure. And um, so we lived in India for eleven years. My dad was in the Indian Army. Oh wow! And then uh, my mother was teaching in states for a couple of years. And so we moved here to North Carolina for a year. Oh. And then somehow came to Lethbridge, Alberta, because there was a liquor store there my dad wanted to buy because he retired from wow. the army. So that's, Crazy. that's how we got to that's Lethbridge. That's the most random. Why Lethbridge? <laughs> yeah. What's that all about? We have family friends in Calgary. Oh, okay. And then Lethbridge was just a town that seemed like a good size. Um, you know, we moved every two years because of the army. So we've seen like small Right, so in India towns. you were moving around as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. Every two years you get posted to a new place. Hmm. And um, so what is what is it like growing up in, in a life like that? Like, what is your education it, like? It's um, it's education is fine, but it's more of a friends thing. Right. Like you, yeah. just yeah. you just learn to make friends really fast. Right, yeah. right, right. But that gets thrown right in. You know, you just out the window when you come to a Western civilization like the States where, you, you know, you're speaking English and all right. that. And it's not like India right. where we can make friends really easily. So sure. The States took me like that year in States was like trying to get myself prepared. And then the accent was changing as well. It right. went from like an Indian accent to kind of a Western accent pretty quick. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, when we got to Canada, it was pretty easy. It wasn't too tough. So, yeah, it's just kind of getting used to it. I was young enough. I was about 11 years old, I think. Around yeah, you're like a sponge at that time. Right? Yeah, 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 definitely. And so I changed up so yeah, quick. Yeah. It was no issue at all. So now I'm pretty whitewashed, I'd say. <laughs> that's, that's, how I, that's how I go with it. A washed, whitewashed brown boy born yeah. in the States. Right, right. <laughs> it's a weird story. But you grew up in India. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I have so, a little bit of everything. So I love I love it. They say, oh, there's a liquor store for sale. We're, we're going into the liquor store business. That's cool. Yeah. So, but how did, how did the film part of it happened for you uh so i was an athlete i got into sports uh when i got here to canada i played basketball first and then i got into volleyball as well um so at the end of high school i had a decision to make between kind of volleyball and basketball so i picked basketball because that was my true love and um i knew a couple of coaches up in edmonton at a university called king's university college so i went up there in my second semester of college just to kind of practice with them get used to it see if i like it there and uh, that's kind of what I had, like, a back injury. And so I kind of got into film at that point. Oh, okay. Weirdly enough. So, huh. um, so, so the arts was your safety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so weird because I was just not happy there in Edmonton. Edmonton right. just drained me. And oh, I was okay. just, so I started watching films. And then the two films that got to me were Drive and then a TV show, True Detective, season one. Oh, yeah. Yes. And so those were the two films that kind of framed everything for me. And I was like, I love how these films look. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, they make you feel a specific way, but the look was what got to me. Right. So then I like just went crazy and started studying and just like kind of getting to know how to light and all that and finding out all these things while I was still in Edmonton. So I was just spending, you know, nights researching. Right. And uh, then I decided that I'm going to obviously come back after that semester. No way I'm going back to Edmonton. Right. So I got back to um, um, Lethbridge and I had a camera that used to record our ba my basketball games. It was just mm, a DSLR. Right. So I kind of played around with that, realized that it wasn't the best. So I got a Canon 70D um, and then I got gathered like a couple of my friends and then went out to a lake to shoot a short film and it was so windy <laughs> it was so bad the worst experience ever didn't pick up the camera for another couple of months <laughs> because it was just a nightmare just absolute you know go back look at the video footage and i'm just like that was windy was it yeah. sound was it was that yeah the, sound and just, just like the whole experience like i just had a headache because right, it was just right. so windy by, yeah. by a lake mm, and right. um 
But luckily enough, there was a program at the college, Lethbridge College, uh, Digital Communications and oh, Media. Yeah, yeah. So that program actually teaches you about um, TV, radio, newspaper, magazine. Cool. So it's a little bit of everything. And so you learn about videography more than film, right. really. That's all it oh, is. Yeah. So it's I all just, storytelling. Yeah, right? yeah. I just, I was doing, I was just wanted to finish a diploma for the sake of my parents, really. But when I got into it, it was, it's a really tough program because you do a lot and it's like the workload's crazy. Right. And I already knew everything about like, I knew what more than what they were teaching about lighting. So there was a specific point where I was like, do I really want to finish this? But mm. I just stuck through it as two years, you know, what, right. what could go wrong? You're, right, you're right. young. It's two years. Sure. You can do it. So I did that. And, um, now looking back at it, obviously it's the most, you know, it's the greatest thing I've ever done because it taught me, I focus so much on the marketing side and the design side that it gave me the skills that I can use as a business owner, uh, yes. right? Yeah. I know how to brand my company and I learned all that in class. I know how to, you know, like come up with stories and news and uh, radio is always about like, why are you creating this? Why right, are you right. writing this? Right. And I think that's important in a lot of films too. You want to make sure you know why you're doing this. And even in the corporate world, you know, you want to tell your clients like, I'm sure you'll make this, but this might not be successful right. because you're not finding out your why and you're not, you know, you don't have your reasons right. in line properly. And then they'll blame your video for it. Right. So you got to, you know, you got to kind of hold yourself accountable and tell them that stuff. So that program was really helpful in that aspect. So that's so great because we're going to talk about StoryHive. And, mm -hmm. and I think, uh, I think it's fair to say one of the big challenges that a lot of StoryHive filmmakers have is, is the graphic design, the branding, the the poster element, the, the photography, the, um, and that's, it's, I think it's, I think it's a bit of an afterthought for people because it's people just assume, Oh, I've got a little bit of Photoshop skills. I can, I can make something work. Um, but there's a lot more to it and, and it's tough. It's really tough to, to do something that, that looks really professional and, um, and, and not to attack anyone, but there's, there's a lot of stuff that gets posted on story. I have that just might be a great film, but man, the look of the film, the brand that you've presented for the film uh does not look good so that's um that's too bad but uh it, so that's a kind of an ace in your in your hand because you you've you've i've seen some of it and you've you've got some really great looking stuff is it you who does sort of the poster work yeah stuff? definitely cool. yeah, yeah. it's you know as a, a small production company you just take the cost wherever you can and give Absolutely. them to yourself so yeah that, that was definitely something um like design wasn't something i was good at like in school but i just learned those things and I, I just practiced them after actually. So I started doing films and I was like, I'm going to make a specific type of poster for each film I do. Right. So my website looks a little different than everybody else's right. as well. It's not just a thumbnail or something like that. So slowly trying to get through that process of design and, you know, those little things that school taught me, I didn't realize would, you know, would help me so much right. when right. I was in it. Yeah, but after thing, that, right? in hindsight, in yeah. hindsight like, holy shit. Yeah, exactly. All these things that I'm applying to this you know, that I never thought I would need. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 The going joke was always that I got the diploma and I gave it to my parents. I was like, this was for you guys and right. all, you know, yeah. it didn't help me in a single way, but really Little it did. did. Know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you yeah. know, that's, yeah. that's how it is. But it was, and then, you know, there was an um, instructor there, George Galland, who is, um, he's a, he's a producer as well. He's produced some feature length films. Oh, and cool. He was a big documentary guy back in the day. Okay. And he's been kind of my mentor for the stuff. And he was actually a part of our immersive project nice because they have a 360 research project going on at the college and he's a part of that cool. so they gave us their camera and he came in and helped us out and all that and um, so he's been a great mentor that came out of that program really nice. for me so just that and then um, you know I started my company in my second year of school really like we made a documentary uh, during the 
the beginning of my second year. Okay. Cool. And so that's kind of when my company kind of took off with my brother. Like he kind of helps me whenever I need it. Um, and so, yeah, as soon as I got out of school, I just um, took a couple of weeks, couple of months, worked with my family. I, you know, they own a couple of stores. So mm-hmm. I had that backdrop. I had that safety net. Yeah. Sure. But um, then I was just like, I'm just going to go full time. There's no reason for me to, you know, wow. try to, you know, I got to commit. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then I committed. And um, luckily I have my family around and stuff. So I don't feel any pressure really. Like I'm young. So I can, you know, do everything I can right now to right. turn it into a good living. Sure. Till it's too late or I have a big overhead. Cause that's right. the main thing with people too. They take a big overhead when they yeah. start kind of getting successful. Sure. And then, you know, you lose things. So. Yeah, that's that's kind of been my journey through um, filmmaking there. Cool. So far, but we, we have yeah. So about far, yeah. Kind of the key piece of this. So tell us about Solus and what. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it before Story Hive happened. Okay. Did it exist? Uh, there was an idea. Yeah. And so there was an idea about this film, which was very desaturated, and it was a very like minimalistic film mm-hmm. that just came to mind. Um, what happened was I actually worked on a project called Western Steel. So it was a Story Hive project that was the web series edition. Uh, and it was for some uh, guy named Ryan Many in Lethbridge, and he ended up winning it. And it was about Kootenay Brown. He was this guy who helped bring Waterton to life and all that stuff. And so oh, cool. um, I ended up being the DP on that project. There was supposed to be someone else DPing, and I was just going to come in with my equipment because I had an Ursa 4K at that point, mm. Mini. And um, she couldn't be there for like the second day and the third day. So they were just like, the day before we went out, they're like, can you DP? And I was like, what? Yep. Well, you are, I mean, that's great. Yeah. Right? And that's, that's part of the thing. It's yeah. like you were, you know, for years you've been studying lighting mm, yeah. with the camera. It's yeah. like, yeah, you're, you're good to step yeah. into those shoes. Yeah. It was definitely, it wasn't, yeah, it was like, I was confident to do it. It's just the prep wasn't there for me, right? right? Yes. Like I would prefer to prep things, get a look down and all that. And it was like their look and their prep. And so we got there and then I did that project and there was a lot of, it was a weird learning experience in that project. Something you can't learn when you're not on set. Right. And the thing was like, like props to everybody who works because they're really hardworking. But like the first day I started asking for people's opinions, like, does this look good? Does this look good? And a lot of the first shot was horrible. It was a white shot and I hated it. And I asked people, did it look good? And they're like, yeah, it looks good. Mm. And at that point I was like, okay, I just got to trust myself because yeah, right, right, I right. can't be asking for people's opinions if it's, sure. you know, I'm taking the role of DP. So that was the first lesson I had learned, which was like, just be confident in whatever you're doing. Right. You know, just pursue your style and either you're going to fail or yeah, you're going to win really yeah, big. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So that project kind of opened me up to story hive. And so I started thinking like next project, next story hive thing that comes out, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch, I'm going to pitch, I'm going to pitch. And, um, luckily like Ryan spoke to me about it and then I kind of knew what story hive likes and stuff from their projects and what could possibly help us win our project. Sure. Um, and then, so we did, uh, we pitched Solace. So I had this idea about this, um, uh, thing to do with the blood tribe because my family owns a gas station on the blood tribe and um there's a look we're right by the river so there's like a little forest location there and so i kind of had an idea in mind and i had like these little themes i wanted to play with that had to do with family and loss and just Mm -hmm. like the whole how you know there's the elders who don't want to be in town and they they don't want people to conform to the society's ways and things like that that was really motivated by being at the under chief and meeting those people so that project, like the immersive edition, came out, and I'm like 360. Oh. <laughs> so just, but it was was it was it horror or thriller kind of themed at the time before um, that? It was just yeah. like a dark drama, I would say. Right. It was definitely like it was post apocalyptic for sure. 
but it didn't need to reveal that I was post-apocalyptic. Right. It just had a setting like that. Yeah. And so that film that I thought about still hasn't been made, right. but I turned that into something that they would like. Yeah, cool. So they spoke about how you can have like these two storylines going in 360 and linear. And I was like, that's a cool idea. We should do that. And then we thought conforming to society's ways, we can have one brother being in city and then the sister being outside of the city and all this. So then the story kind of just came along and just kind of snowballed from there. And then just went out and made the pitch and submitted. And um, obviously we haven't done 360 before, but kind of knew how it works. And I knew I had people at the college to support me. So mm -hmm. I just kind of went in and pitched and hoped that we would win. Yeah. And then ended up winning surprisingly. And then, yeah, it was kind of just a crazy kind of thing from there, just trying to figure it out. So what was the approach? Because um, because the linear is quite a lot longer mm -hmm. than the, the, the 360 version. So yeah. what was the kind of thinking behind how you're going to split up these two components? Um, so it was, yes, yeah, because linear could be between five and 10. Yeah. And then the short was between three and five. Uh, sorry, the 360. Right. Um, from the beginning, we knew if we got this grant, we were going to put a lot of it into the linear. Yeah. So the main idea for uh, StoryHive was to put, the 360 was the main focus but for us we knew we wanted to make the linear a big focus too yeah. just because we wanted to make a good short film with a decent budget and like yeah. have a good showing piece right and show story how that we can do this show everybody else yeah. that we can do this right. out of lethbridge and then the 360 becomes kind of a companion piece exactly yeah like an experience more than the yeah actual story. yeah yeah exactly yeah. and 360 is you know it's it's such a crazy experience and a unique experience doing it for the first time especially and when we went to vancouver for the story have seminar right um the thing was like even story had like they were honest they're like we don't know what's going on here either like we just want to do this because yeah, it looks cool really yeah. Yeah. yeah and even even the professionals who are there the mentors is yeah. like nobody's breaking ground in 360. it's just everybody's trying to find a new thing to do in 360 and trying to wait trying to find a way of doing it without making people puke really right right and yeah. so that was really eye-opening for us and it was kind of nice to know that you know you could fail and exactly yeah. yeah you could take some risks and you know there's there's a safe way and then there's a risky way but either way you're you know you'll be fine because you know nobody's great at it yet so we looked at the 360 piece and we looked at the linear piece and thought that um the 360 needed uh needed to kind of just you know be something simpler just so that we because you only have so much time too and post-production is another thing that you have to face in 360 yeah, you stitch it all together right? yeah exactly so we we thought so we had three days to shoot the linear and then we shot the 360 in one day um, in wow. one in one location kind of thing and actually we had like no, you had a bunch of locations there. we, we had outside we too, had two yeah. shots which were actually done like at the beginning of the linear days yeah okay that's so, what i thought yeah it seemed like because the weather was mm, the same and, yeah yeah exactly yeah. so we just kind of did it at the beginning of the two days and then we did the 360 like the main chunk of it on a third like a fifth day kind of thing yeah that made it really easy for us um yeah, 360 is such a weird thing because it's like almost like a drama play. It's not like right. film because you're just yeah. performing around the camera. So that yeah. we learned a lot there and like doing action in 360 is really tough as well. Like the hits and stuff we didn't prepare enough for personally, mm. I think, because you can't hide much. You can't mm. hide the cuts as well because people need to know where they are and all that. So right. you did a good right. job of that because that's kind of the shot at the end, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. You managed to hide it. Thank you. With yeah. Blocking. You yeah. Know, with a counter. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. were we were there and we thought about like the whole stick thing. Yeah. And I saw it from one angle and I was the alien in that. And so I was okay. just, I was just <laughs> like, this is not gonna look good. And so I right there I was like, let's just have a cut there so that we can have you know 
that hide right. just because she couldn't hit me hard enough with a real stick to like right. make me trip and all that. You know what? I didn't, uh, I didn't notice that cut really. Yeah. And that was something that was interesting to me. Um, and I want to talk a lot about kind of the technical kind of, kind of like pulling it off mm-hmm. specifics, but what you were smart about was, um, just kind of keeping the eye directed in a spot. So whenever you did cut the camera, wherever the action had been in the shot before, yeah. that was kind of where you, you figured people would be looking when yeah. you made that cut. So yeah. that was a pretty natural thing where, where you would direct the eye with action rather than mm-hmm. a cut. That's a really big thing about editing in 360 yeah. and because you cannot have people snap back. So if you're there looking left, yeah. it in the next shot, you can't have them looking a specific way. So you have to guess where the person's looking. Right. So you line up the next shot yeah, like right, that. Right. So yeah. there's a lot of planning that goes For into sure. that. Um, yeah, and that can be disorienting a little bit in the sense that you don't you don't know where you are in the next shot, right? And, and there's mm-hmm. a little bit of that, like, what is the setting of this shot, which is something that you don't have to deal with in you know traditional linear narrative. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. Um, so, so, so just technologically speaking, walk us through the, that process. Like what was the camera mm-hmm. and then how did you, how did you shoot it? So I went up to my college professor and, well, and told him like, you know, he congratulated me. And then all of a sudden I was like, I need to go rent a 360 camera. Right. And he's like, well, I have this new camera that we just got. How about you use it on the film? No, the so it was an Insta360 Pro. Okay. It's an 8K camera. Sweet. So technically it's six camera cameras, um, like in a, in a globe kind of shape. Yeah. And so you put it in the middle of the room, wherever you want to put it, and it captures six different videos. Cool. And so you have a software where you go and you put all the videos together and stitch them together. Is that the Insta's proprietary software? Or is there uh, yeah, you can have a bunch of different softwares yeah. do it too, okay. but they do it, th- we do it, we did it through the Insta software and it makes this one really weird looking video. Yeah, it's kind of like a, kind of a fish eye exactly. sort of thing, like yeah. super weird, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And what happens there is you take that into Premiere Pro and Premiere actually has some VR viewing capabilities. So you click like a button and you can look in VR or you oh, can edit oh, just wow. like that. And uh, so once you stitch those together, then you just take it in um, into Premiere and then you have kind of like a normal video and you cut it together. Yeah. And then, then you have to figure out the... Uh, where people are looking and all those things. Yeah, so you, you can, can, you can rotate. basically set a start point, right? On the, exactly. On the start of a clip is like, this is where the default look uh, is or no? Not really, no. No, because no, that would be kind of have to be baked in. So right. it it's almost, you have to figure out like if the person's looking left, you take the middle of your video, the next clip yeah. and put it on the left side of the screen. Right. So you line it up. Right. guessing where they would be looking for yeah. the next shot. Okay. Um, and then there's a lot of things to do with audio as well, because you can do stereoscopic audio or you can do mm-hmm. like um, story has suggested and all the mentors suggested for your first film, just go stereo because you have to do all the software stuff and right. only right. Facebook has a real way of doing it properly where you like connect the audio. So when you look around, yeah. the audio moves kind of. Yeah. I didn't notice that was accordingly. That was yeah. Thing, right? yeah. Yeah. So it was how, all stereo just to make it easier. How did you record audio on set? Separate um, system? Uh, yeah. So for we had labs for the um, actors, and then uh, everything else was just done in post. So oh, cool. all the just alien stuff. stuff? Yeah, yeah, everything else was Foley. Because the sound design was really, really good. Thank that you. That was the first yeah. thing I noticed, even in the linear thing. Like yeah, the, yeah. The, that was definitely sound. We spent a good amount on the sound design. Uh, the person who did it is right. uh, Joel Varsi. He's out of Cottonwood Records out of Coaldale, Alberta. Oh, cool. And they just won the documentary edition. So. Oh, great. Yeah, th- those guys are kind of music people as well. They do a lot of music video stuff. Yeah. And so music is their first love almost. Right. So having them on board was everything for me. It just made it a lot easier. Yeah. 
Yeah, sound is really interesting in 360 because you can use it to direct people specific ways. Yeah. But if it's stereo sound, then you have to think about distance instead of left mm-hmm. or right. Right, right. So that was our main thing, think about distance. Huh. And then also darkness was a really interesting thing because the camera noise was really weird and on YouTube it looks, you know, low quality anyways because of how big of a file it is in the compression. Right. So for a lot of shots we made the background black so people weren't even wasting time on the back. So they were just yeah, looking, yeah, yeah, they were looking that, one yeah. way. So it's a lot about just directing people to look a specific way and then taking some shots like the first two shots of the film which are outdoor forest shots yeah. to let them settle down into the 360, yeah. let them look around, keep the shots longer. Yeah. and then have the short shots get shorter towards the end of the film. Cool. Yeah, now that they're used to the mechanic of looking around. Exactly, yeah. more kind of focus on the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Hey everyone, just want to take a quick second out of our conversation with Arjun to tell you about the Calgary Film Center, which is a world-class screen-based production facility suitably equipped and serviced so you can execute your next project with ease. The Film Center has 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages, and they also have 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces. All of this complemented by their anchor tenant, William F. White, who is Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional motion picture, television, digital media, and theatrical production equipment. At the Film Center, they aim to deliver production support for local, national, and international screen industry projects in their purpose-built venue, designed to service individual client needs. And of course, they deliver programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry. I encourage you to find out more at calgaryfilmcenter.com. All right, let's get back to our conversation. So um, you've got it in Premiere Pro, you've cut your clips together, you've you've positioned them so that, you know, the audience eye line is kind of directed, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Uh, how do you, what, what then you export as a specific 3D or 360 um, file, right? It's really easy. Yeah. You so just click before, export. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then you just click this video is VR and then there's like a specific term for it yeah. and it's already selected and then you export it and then you can da- upload that to YouTube. And if you're on, on Windows, you can usually even view it on your desktop and in, in oh, 360. Cool. And then, uh, yeah, you can just upload it and StoryHive, all they wanted was just a file that would work on YouTube. That's yeah. an MP4. Yeah. They didn't have any crazy res- like stuff, yeah. just 24, 30 or 60 frames per second. And then YouTube's the same way, right? You just tell it it's a... 360 video. Yeah, you just upload it. And, and it just yeah. has it all baked in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, so we tested that out before we sent it to Story Hive and all that. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then we just kind of, that was actually a really easy process. The post-production I thought was going to be tough, yeah. but it wasn't. What was the hardest part? Um, the hardest part was actually probably, uh, I would say, shooting it. Right. Yeah, filming it was actually kind of tough because there's all those little aspects of the 360 that you have to think about while you're shooting. It's just, it's a drama play. And like towards the last two weeks before filming, I was like, maybe I shouldn't be the alien just so that I can focus on, you know, the actual, you know, filming aspect right. of it. But I had George there, my, like he was DP on the okay. project and I just directed kind of. Yeah. And so it made it really easy on us. But just the idea of getting all those cues down So you're timing things out with your actors and it's really tough if the actors haven't done 360 before, because then you have to explain to them what's going on and how to react and all those things. Like I can't have you be flashy right now because I need her to be flashy and all those things, just little things like that. And then telling them how to, you know, blocking isn't in film, you block with an actor and actress, and then you set up your camera and you still let them give them some freedom sometimes. Right. In 360, I almost have to be tougher with them because I have to make sure that, I'm thinking about the audience at all times. So it's really audience orientated instead of, you know, thinking about like what I like mm-hmm. in the film and what I think people need to see. 
I just have it playing right now. Um, and a big question I have is, how do you do playback? Like, is there any way to do playback on set to see um, yeah, if you so, got what you needed? So you... how we watched it was on the phone. There was an app. Okay. But it wasn't in 360. It was in that long form stitched format. It oh, was like gross. a preview. Right. And it was, there was like a five second delay wow. on it all. So... Mm-hmm. Like if you're in the other room, you can't really see what's going on. You just hope. You so, have to guess. Yeah, and so luckily, if I was in the shot, I knew what was going on in the shot. So right. I knew like that shot worked, that right. shot didn't work. <laughs> right. So technically, that was actually a really good thing yeah, to well, do. Yeah, that's 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 a good point actually because mm-hmm. the crew has to hide. Yeah. Right. So they can't really yeah. see yeah. the scene playing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But a lot of the times, there's another trick to it is there's a lot of stitching done. So at the bottom of every shot, there's tripods removed. Right. So there, every shot is a VFX shot. Because you have to remove the tripods on, oh, the, on the bottom, wow, right? Okay. Um, the forest scenes and stuff, we're standing behind the camera. Right, and then you just shoot that, shoot shoot that plate. angle later yeah. and just yeah. a plate. Yeah, oh, that's plate. interesting. Yeah. yeah, so that was really easy. Then you can see what's going on and all that. Right. Um, the first shot, we were heading, hiding behind a tree. And so, and then after that, we just stood behind the camera and did cool. that. And I much prefer that as a director too, yeah, right? Because right. you want to be close to the camera. But it's really risky too outside, especially because trees are moving clouds are moving but the good thing is 360 is such a massive viewing angle yeah. that it's really hard to notice those things right 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 you can get it, away with a little bit of that it, it felt to me watching it that the camera was quite high is that was mm-hmm. that on purpose there's a usually a specific height that people like to keep that so like five seven five eight is usually okay. a good height um i think we kept it around that it was mm. Um, almost, yeah, I think it was like five, nine or five, 10 is what we kept it at okay. because you want people to feel normal yeah. kind of right in that area. And then we did go with some low angle shots, um, to kind of get people in a different, you know, you know, like feeling or whatever yeah. we need to do. But yeah, usually you try to keep it in that five, seven, cool. five, eight area. Um, sometimes it does feel higher. It just kind of, cause you know, you feel like you're floating almost. Yeah, so it's yeah. really weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then we try to do some actually point of view stuff because we wrote that into the script and so we put it on our actor's shoulder but oh, we looked cool. at it and it almost Didn't makes work. you puke yeah because the whole like everything's moving your horizon's moving right. oh yeah and because you're not moving but the video is right, moving right, and it's course. all around you huh. so it was not it was it was a risk we weren't willing to take <laughs> so is there any way to move the camera um you can do like really slow slider movements right. and all people have, have to, people have tried have that out all of the yeah stuff, yeah people yeah. have tried all that right. but it, it can be really tough to do movements huh. there's um we're trying to find different innovative ways of doing it for a, like a future project right if we ever like story half comes around and says do it right like we told story Half like we would love to like have this be a series where we do do 360 and linear at the same time right so we can try more things out yeah. and have more risks yeah. taken kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Cause you have to, you know, you got to get your feet wet first. You can't For just, sure. you can't just, cause we want to do like point of view jumps and all this stuff at the beginning. And we told them at the seminars and the mentors was like, okay, take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't get that. You know, it's 360. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're learning a whole new visual language. Yeah, right? you definitely. To speak that yeah. You, everything you learn in film, it just kind of goes out the window. It's just, you know, it's a drama play. Yeah. And so doing drama before for like, a year or two I was it was helpful but yeah linear was definitely where we were more comfortable and where we took tried to take more risks and the 360 was just kind of taking it easy hmm. and just taking a laid-back approach cool at it yeah what is there a difference between the kind of the, the white creatures and the black creatures? yeah okay. yeah there is yeah <laughs> right. there is yeah and that's that's another thing that we as like I came up with the screenplay and then I had someone write it Right. Uh, Zach Overwater out of Lethbridge, and um, 
you know, like we understood what it, we were saying, but sometimes we think we did get that lost between, you know, yeah. in translation. Sure, and that's yeah. just a part of, you know, filmmaking where you're like trying to get across things, but still trying to keep things kind of, you know. Well, it's easy when you understand it and you're like, yeah, yeah. that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. But it, yeah, exactly. It, it be hard yeah. to like forget everything and yeah. make sure that yeah. you're telling but, everything. To yeah, you. but definitely the, the white alien, you know, we put it as someone who was there to help her. Yeah, that's kind of what I got. Yeah, and then the black alien was actually the in-town aggressive aliens yeah. that were the heart of the attack almost. Right. Yeah. So there was there was definitely like a lot of motivation from like Arrival and uh, Alien Covenant and right. films like that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely had a lot of um, influence on us for those things. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely a, a lot of underlying themes in the films um, that some of some of the things we did succeed at, some of the things we didn't succeed at. Um, all part of, you know, you know, getting a decent film finished, but yeah, it was overall, it's not, it's a it was a good experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah was, no, they're good and they're totally worth uh, checking out for sure. Thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. And the sound design, it stuck with me and, and you have these great, um, like dolly zooms, like the vertigo shots, but yeah. they were like so subtle, mm -hmm. but, but they lasted for a long time. Fuck. It just looked so good. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Some really cool yeah, effects. In so there. that, that horse shot with the alien, the vertigo effect. Yeah. That was the first there two. There's like one in the bottom. Yeah, there, there's the a forest, couple. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But that shot is the first shot that came to my mind when I was thinking about this film. Uh, so cool. it was just, that shot forest? was always there. The one in the, the horse, one, in the, him in sitting the, on the horse. Cause yeah. originally we were going to have him inside the barn right. on the horse. So he looked just huge yeah. and like, but that door opening thing was even like, we liked that even more. Yeah. So that was the original shot that came up and, you know, it was we, a great shot. Thank yeah, you. Thank yeah, you. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, yeah, that we put like a black promise on the camera to bloom everything out whenever the alien was on oh, okay. oh, the, uh, just little things like that. Uh, we did things like that. Yeah. And it was really cool. It was a good experience. Uh, yeah. We shot. How was it working with story? Uh, good. They're, you know, amazing people. It's, yeah. it's a crazy how, nice someone can be when they have so much power <laughs> that's really eye-opening like you go it's it's weird because we had someone called Erin and she's been with story for a long time but she was our project manager but towards the beginning of the pro uh, thing she wasn't with story anymore so oh. we had a new project oh, okay. manager come oh. in smita yeah. and she's even she's amazing she's she, yeah she's great yeah. she's great so you know it was kind of it was a nervous wreck because i was like oh i just built a good relationship with this lady right. and now she's not there anymore. For so I sure. yeah. came in and just took over and she's awesome too. And cool. you know, they're a really great, you know, company to work with because they're so fast and replying and you know, they mm. work with you really do. Mm. Right, and right, right. That's really great. And you know, you get all the rights to the film. The only thing is, you know, they, they host it on VOD and then their yeah. YouTube channel first. Right. Right. Which makes it tough for festivals and stuff too, sure. because a lot of festivals, you know, Calgary, Edmonton, they want they want first, you know, or, yeah. yeah, or at least not not publicly accessible. Exactly, yeah. yeah, and so that makes it tough. That was kind of what made Solus kind of tough because it was just like we didn't apply to too many festivals after. We we're just like we're just gonna let it release and then we'll yeah. move on to the next film and kind of go yeah. from there. Yeah. yeah, some some festivals don't care at all though. I think, mm -hmm. I think yeah, the, yeah. There's definitely a couple, the, yeah the great example is like Sundance mm -hmm. doesn't care if, yeah. if it's yeah they just yeah looking at quality mm -hmm. yeah definitely it's uh, yeah it was I really wanted to get into Calgary one but just because it's closer to us of right course. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's weird because I've heard some horror stories about festivals like they don't even watch your film and there's right. some festivals that you know because there was there was a filmmaker that I saw in no film school that's just a website yeah he and, had his Vimeo account tracking was yeah that, was that that story no it, I don't know it was he applied to film i think it was sundance or whichever one it was didn't get in and then next year an employee from sundance 
contacted him and says your film is great can we put it in sundance <laughs> well that's yeah, yeah. i yeah. mean a pro, you know one programmer is different than the yeah, other exactly. programmer yeah so. and you know there's so many people watching so yeah. there's that process too sure. but sure. you just never know with all everything even with, like the story have approval process you never know what's sure. going on right yeah, but course. that's the risk you take when you're pitching well that's filmmaking period yeah like you know mm-hmm. the whole grand none, process none yeah none of it's uh, transparent and just because it can't be it's like Mm-hmm. If you're getting, you know, applications from 200 people, yeah. you can't, you can't like bring them into the room for the discussion. You just yeah. gotta go and pick yeah. some, and then that's that. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing with Story Hive too. I think they used to give feedback when you yeah. asked, but now they just can't. There's you way know, too many, so many people. Too many. Yeah. yeah, and their yeah. team is so personal and yeah. small. You have to understand that. Like right. when you go to Vancouver yeah. and you meet with them, that's that's them. the people there yeah. is them. It's yeah. the same with Telefilm. Yeah. It's yeah. Just such a such a tiny yeah. team. And, yeah. And, and that's part of why it's not transparent. They just mm-hmm. don't have the manpower yeah. to do that. But you know they care because yeah. they're attached to those projects because yeah. that those projects need to do good right. for them to get further funding, for them to totally. put out further films of and course. all that, right? So you want to good, do good for Story Hive. Yeah. Sure. yeah, It's crazy though. Yeah, it was really good. And now there's a couple more people from Lethbridge applying to each Story Hive thing. And Great. we're trying to get more film to Lethbridge. That's been my main thing. I don't right. want to move away from Lethbridge. Yeah. Right. Like, there's, I came to Calgary for a month to do like a videography contract and went right back because, you know, I want to keep my own company going and Lethbridge is small enough that when you ask for a location, people are like, oh, cool, cool a film. Movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah and sure. you don't have to pay, you know, arm yeah, and a we're, we're starting to lose that a little bit yeah. in Calgary. It used yeah. to be that way, but now it's like mm-hmm. Fargo has shot everywhere, it feels yeah. like. So, yeah. so they're used to like... Yeah, they paid me, you know, eight grand a day to be in here. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, I have five, fifty bucks. Yeah, I'll buy you a beer. Yeah, well, you guys are welcome to come to Lethbridge. Yeah, <laughs> I got, I, I got a that's few places there. there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, what about Hoarder? I see Hoarder on the website as well. Yeah. So we have a kind of uh, so Lethbridge is divided. There's a couple of art house film people. Yeah. A good amount. Yeah. And then there's a lot of media people. Right. So these people who do corporate, who do commercials and sure. stuff. So Hoarder was made because I have two friends who are really close to me and they both have media companies in Lethbridge. So one night we were just like, hey, here's this idea. Let's film it. And we were just kind of getting tired of not creating something for yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. So we went and shot that in two nights and then edited in like three nights and then cool. released it. So wow. it was just a little film that we just came up with. That's and awesome. it, it's actually in the same warehouse where the Solus 360 was shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. cool. So uh, and so we it was just a little film that we just filmed and we just put out because we just didn't, you know. Just wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. This it was just, before Solus? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. It was just uh, like there was a couple of people creating some films and we saw how proud they were of their films and right. we're like, we can create something better. So let's sure. do it. So sure. we just went out and made a film and just to have something, you know, yeah. on us. And um, yeah, it turned out to be decent. Like I, I'm happy with what it was. I was acting in it again. So I didn't get too much to do with uh, the visuals of it like right. definitely had like all the basement stuff like i had a good amount of say in because i wasn't in the shots right. but uh all the stuff that i was in i didn't have much say in so it was you know not saying but i just didn't have time to focus on that because right. right. i was thinking about the acting so it yeah, was yeah it was an interesting project that we did and it was it was fun and same with ursa 4k for anybody who cares about what camera we shoot with and stuff right but, like, yeah <laughs> now we, we i sold that to adam one of the guys who helped with that project and so for solace we had the 
4.6K mm. mini. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of been my go-to camera now. I have that and that's just great for documentary great and film. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, you can do so much with them, right? Yeah. And so I just, uh, I used to have a Rokin on set and then I sold that and then I bought a Sigma Cine Zoom. Oh, nice. The 18 to 35. Cool. I'm probably going to get the 5100 after yeah. too, just to have a good range of zooms because then you can go documentary. Yeah, let's just say if you're doing documentary or corporate style, mm -hmm. like, a longer lens is definitely yeah, helpful. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah. Corporates, yeah. So my company, Guild Productions, that's usually you know where you make your money, yeah. corporate. But the Telus grant kind of allowed me to step away from that for a bit, and then get kind of getting back into it. And it's been an interesting, you know, corporate's fun, but it's like you got to try to push your clients to do interesting stuff. Right, Otherwise, right. they're just not gonna mm -hmm. do it or succeed. Sure. And so, sure. like, yeah, my background in my program has really like helped me kind of just try to push people into like creating something that's unique instead of just, you know, like I understand if it's like an explainer video or whatever it is that sure. needs to be done, but there's, but, yeah. yeah, there's definitely like, and Lethbridge is a small enough market where you can convince people to do something, yeah. right? It's you, you can change the market because right. it's, it's still in the beginning steps of it. Like right. video is still kind of new there. It's not something right, that's right. set in stone. Yeah. Cool. Right. So it's just all of us, like, I'm just trying to get everybody on the same page so that we can all just, push people to make good content there and not yeah. just, you know, be like any other town or on any other small town, really. That's kind of our main focus there cool. in Lesbridge. Who is Mavic Media? Why do I know that? Uh, Mavic Media is run by Peter Fiorino. He's uh, he's a filmmaker as well. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't know him, but I know his company. His somehow. family owns a bunch of stuff, a bunch of buildings in Lethbridge. Oh, okay. he, he comes up to Calgary and stuff too. He did photo huh. for a long time. He's mm -hmm. been around. Now he's in Norway. Oh, with, wow. with a chiropractor he has a company called 360 the chiropractor and okay. um he's filming like videos for him daily cool. and stuff wow. and he just moved there because that's like a millionaire's lifestyle there that's crazy and so wow. he just thought i'm gonna go there i'm gonna start my company in norway because there's no branding company there really huh. and so he's probably gonna start that there and then he's still helping that guy so amazing that wow. guy's covering that's, all his expenses that's super and cool. yeah it's really cool that he just you know he's 29 or almost 30 now and he just stepped up and just left he's wow. like i don't want to be here anymore i'm gonna huh. go do that so now it's just adam tom from tomcat visuals and then my company guild mm -hmm. productions we're kind of the two younger guys trying to push the envelope there oh, cool. in lesbridge yeah, it's it's a weird market because yeah, there's like, you know, not enough equipment, but just enough equipment. Right, right. Like there's a guy with a red dragon that doesn't use it too often. Like oh, I'm okay. friends with him. I do some projects for him as D, uh, like I DP on him. And then um, there's another guy who just bought a red raven. So there's a cup like two yeah. reds, but, hmm. you know, like they have it for themselves. Right. right? right so course, yeah. there's nothing like Calgary Film Society. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Like there's lifts, but it's not there yet. There's. Yeah. They're just too young and too, you know, there's What's no that benefit. Called? Tell us about that. Lifts. So Lethbridge Independent Film Society is um, they, an organization. They just turned into an organization last year. Okay. And officially. And so it's just an organization just trying to be what, you know, Calgary. Film. Happens, yeah. 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 And so, but it's tough because they don't have equipment yet. They don't have funding yet. So it's just trying to, they're trying to get enough filmmakers involved. Yeah. To build a bit of a community. Exactly. Yeah. And build some sort of benefit for members because there's nothing yet right yeah. there's no equipment like us production company owners have more equipment than they do right yeah, now yeah, right so they're trying to they're trying to build that there and so there's like a huge divide in lethbridge right now between the filmmakers right. who are like that and then like the production company owners yeah. and the media company owners yeah. so it's just right now we're just sitting there just like a standstill just trying to figure out yeah, yeah. how to blend those two together hmm. which is pretty tough 
Well, I hope it happens. Yeah, me too. So what's next for you? Um, uh, so I applied for the documentary grant for Story Hive. Didn't get it, uh, which is fine. And which is like most people. I had no idea yeah. how many yeah. applied. It there looked, were a lot. It looked yeah. like over 300 or something. Yeah. 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 So, but the TELUS released the next few ones and I'm yeah. not going to be applying to those just because 10 grand is like almost how much it costs to pitch right. as a business, really. Yeah. Like if you look uh, at the hours you put in and stuff, like you're losing money instead of gaining money. Right. Um, Solus was something where I was like very business, business minded there. So it wasn't like I was going to lose money making that film at all. I wanted to make sure I didn't. Yeah. Um, Stephen Calpinale, he was on your guys' yeah, podcast before and he talks about, so Adam's friends with him because he went to the Story Summit thing and he talks about Clint Eastwood, how he goes to, um, his, um, you know, he goes to investors and all the big companies and he'll get 50 million to make a film. And at the end of the film, he goes back and gives five or 10 million to them. He's like, I did not use all of this. Take right, it right. back. And yeah. that's why he gets films every time. Right. Like nobody yeah. says no to him. Right. First, he's Clint Eastwood. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. second, he doesn't waste money. Yeah. Right? He's, he's almost cheap. So um, that's something I try to stand by. So yeah, um, right now I'm just going to like get my company kind of back into it. I yeah. need to push the media a little bit more, get, get my marketing yeah. down a little better and uh, just brand myself a little bit better. And then slowly I'm trying to move into this Calgary market as well, trying to get to know people um, because I've just been stuck in Lethbridge for mm -hmm. so long. I just want to make sure that we're bringing people to Lethbridge, like, you know, try to get more quality content out of Lethbridge. That's the main thing just because there's not enough opportunities there right now. Like you have to come to Calgary to have any opportunity. Right. Hmm. So just trying to make it yourself. Yeah. Work yeah. towards that. Just be a little more better as a person, you know, in the film industry and stuff too. Don't want to be so selfish and just my company, my company, my company. Right, right. That's the main thing. Just someone's got to do it before everybody else jumps in. Right. Sure. So just trying to get all those companies on board. It sounds like a Southern Alberta filmmakers podcast is a damn good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the many ideas you have when you're young. So I don't know if I should pursue it. <laughs> uh, so uh, where can people find your films? Where can people find out more about you? Uh, yeah. So my company is called Guild Productions, G-I-L-L. -L. Um, so you can go to guildproductions.ca. I have a couple of my projects there. There's a couple of commercial projects there as well that I've done for football and bull riding and stuff. Mm, cool. um, and then uh, my Instagram is Argentina. So A-R-J-A-N-T-I-N-A. -N -N -A. Oh, nice. So my nickname was Tina back in the day because <laughs> oh, much easier to say than Arjun on right, the court. Right, right, right. So yeah, so I just, I stuck to it. I was, whatever, nice, I'll, nice. I'll stick to it. So that's my Instagram and probably my website and my Instagram are probably the two best, yeah. you know, places. And honestly, everybody who know reach out i wanted to get to know more people cool. and especially here in calgary and lethbridge we usually know everyone there so yeah. we want to bring more people to lethbridge even on our big projects we don't have enough people usually so right. sure yeah definitely want more people to reach out and you know i'll get you in contact with everybody else who's doing projects and stuff so i really cool. appreciate that yeah cool awesome yeah. that's great well thanks for being on the show thank you guys appreciate it appreciate it yay all right thanks arjun that was uh that was really um I, it was such an easy conversation uh, um, just because I, I was like, you know, I, I had a bunch of questions lined up, but um, he, you know, he just had so much to say and it was so useful, especially what you were talking about with the, the 360 stuff. Um, I don't know that we've had much discussion about that since maybe Dylan's episode. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've talked. So about it's nice to stuff. hear what the experience was like sort of yeah. on the set um, for, for, you know, working with a 360 camera and. Um, and that was, yeah, my question was, was all about moving the camera because it feels like not being able to do that is really 
tough. There's, and I don't know, I don't yeah. know how you solve that. Well, but. that's why I mean, I mean, that's why people are comparing it more to stage theater than they are to mm-hmm. film, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't move the audience. Yep. Right. Yeah. So it really is that kind of <clears throat> that kind of storytelling. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. You know. I. I did a bit of a VR test um a little while ago, and I was shocked at how easy it was technically. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you know, it, like an MP4 can be a VR video file like it's not it's not this you know crazy weird proprietary thing um and there are so many systems that just support it and which is really really cool so hmm. yeah it's uh it's encouraging i think if, if it is something you want to get into like when i did my test i literally just did it with one gopro and i just shot um you know 10 seconds and then i turned the camera 90 degrees shot 10 seconds turned the camera 90 degrees shot 10 seconds and i stitched it all together huh. and uh obviously all the they're not in sync. We right. know what's going on, but right. I shot it in an empty room, so it seemed just fine. Mm-hmm. And yeah, with as I was going through it, I was like, "Oh, this isn't that hard. This isn't that right. weird." So really, the the tricky part is, you know, like you said, like how do you tell a story with it, and how do you know you can't like what are the rules? Can yeah, you move the camera, yeah. or yeah. can you? Yeah, so yeah, the tricky part is stuff that nobody knows the answer to yet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is cool. And if you do move the camera, you've got a VFX out whatever you know the the thing you're moving it on move, yeah. is or or make it part of the story. That's where that's, my mind That's exactly mind. Is, right. Yeah. Is there a way to like, I don't know, maybe put it in the back of a truck where the truck is part of the story. Right. And then you just oh, paint cool. up the tripod, but I don't know. You still have, I think a horizon issue that, that Arjun was talking about. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm excited to see what happens with it in the next five years. It's yeah, going to, sure. it's going to be, uh, it's either, I think it's either going to really start working or really start going away, which well, is yeah, I mean, scary. VR had a false start like in the eighties or nineties mm-hmm, whenever mm-hmm. that stuff was coming out. So yeah, is this another false start? Like, you know, it's a yeah. computing power thing and you, you need to get it. Um, you need to get the, the graphics and you know, good enough and high enough, you know, uh, enough K's to make tr- to trick your eyes that it's real. Right. Hmm. So yeah. Are we there yet? I think we're close. Yeah. We'll yeah. See. We'll see. We'll see. Anyway. Yeah. He drove up. He just drove up from Lethbridge this morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Arjun, for doing that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, Lethbridge represent, which is cool. So. Yeah, very cool. Uh, all right, so uh, heading into the news you can use, brought to you by Bleeding Art Industries, uh, and every week they provide us with a tip. Uh, and this week's tip uh, is, um, uh, oh, this week. Oh, sorry, this week's tip writer re- recently experienced the power of art. When attending a performance by Austrian pianist Philip Schucher, Sh- uh, oh Schucher, there's the pronunciation, Schucher. <laughs> uh, in an interview before his performance, Mr. Schucher talked about how, in these troubled times, bringing people together in a concert hall is a way of finding peace, if only for the length of the concert. This is the power of art on the human experience. A concert hall, theater, gallery, or watching film with others in a movie theater can deliver the same communal experience. Like many other art forms, attendance in movie theaters is down, but at a time when the search for peace seems an impossible task, perhaps escaping the movie theater is just what we need. To gather as human beings, to appreciate the art being made on the screen is one way, albeit briefly, to find peace in the power of art. Um, and you can actually see uh, the um, the live stream performance uh, of, uh, of of sorry not performance but of the interview um, at Bleeding Arts website. Um, and I don't think that website that we have there is the correct one, um, believe it or not. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna find it because that's not the right web address, is it? No, it's bleedingartindustries.com. Mm-hmm. Um, bleedingart.com will take you to a different place. 
but bleedingartindustries.com is where you want to go. Um, so uh, yeah, interesting, uh, interesting comment. And you know what I what I find um, sort of you know I, I I sort of like to dabble in the worlds of. Um, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk, right? right? There's there's a lot of like business motivation speakers and Instagram accounts sure. and and videos out there, um, and I'm a little I'm a little nervous about one sort of idea that seems to be popping up a little bit uh, in that world, which is, um, you know, if you want to get your act together and you want to you know put in the work, you know, put down every every nonfiction. Or yeah, put down every every fiction book. You know, don't watch TV. Turn off the TV. Get rid of your Netflix account. Blah 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 blah. And of course, you need time to do work, and you need to put in the work. But um, another another thought leader and influencer that I like a lot is Tim Ferriss, who talks about the importance of rest and and that we all need to to uh, work hard, but also rest well. And it can be just as important as the work because if you're not resting properly it's going to hurt your work um but the uh the the idea of of uh sort of cutting out art from your life is a really dangerous one i i think yeah i completely agree you know we're human beings we're not robots um and it's a it's a great quick way to burn out um if you cut out everything that you enjoy <laughs> from your life for sure for sure especially like i mean i think i think our generation, you know, kids of the nineties, um, and, and the eighties as well can point to a a lot, you know, from comic books to, to movies, to, uh, TV shows, even, you know, animated shows, uh, there, there are morality lessons and, um, information uh, about, you know, how to make the right decision in, in, in stories throughout. Of course. Uh, And to, to try to, you know, to not see the, that, art is a reflection of reality and that you can gain so much from that, um, I think is a really silly thing. Even just human empathy, right? Like art, you know, especially film is, is you're entering the world of someone else's mind, right? And someone else is telling you a story that's important to them. And, um, you know, we're, yeah, we're a society here and, uh, yeah, yeah. The the whole like do nothing but work, um, is a huge, huge mistake. I think, you know, I, I started, I, I was going there for a while. And, uh, it's, it's not right. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like don't, don't work so hard. That's you think someday you can actually live your life. Like you're living it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, if all you're doing is working, um, then what's the point? Totally. And, and not to mention, especially for filmmakers, yeah. uh, finding that balance. cutting out film, the thing that made you want to be a filmmaker yeah. <laughs> in the first place is probably a bad idea for your, for you sure. know, inspiration and, and, you know, places to get ideas from. So anyway, uh, not that anybody here is saying that, but it just feels like it's an idea that, that's that floating, uh, around. floating around lately. For sure. Um, and so, yeah, what a cool, uh, point from bleeding art. So thank you for that. Yeah. And it's nice to be reminded of that. Sometimes yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so there's a ton of, uh, news you can use. So let's, oh let's do kind of a lightning round. We'll sure. blow through it. So Herland, the video production workshop for women, uh, the deadline to apply for that is coming up. We've been talking about this a lot for the past few weeks. Um, so you can apply uh, your submission to Sandy Summers at Herland, Herland Workshop at Shaw.ca. That's coming up on September 15th. Uh, you can find out more at CSIF.org about that workshop and what you need to apply. Uh, NSI Features First deadline is September 14th. That's this coming Friday. So uh, NSI-Canada.ca uh, to find your application there um, and listen to our previous podcast all about that if you're looking for more information on that. 
Uh, the CSAF is uh, on the lookout. They're programming their on-location members screening and director's talk for November of this year. And they're looking for some short digital films under 20 minutes that are directed by current CSAF associate and production members. Um, so you'll get a screening fee, which is dope, uh, and two tickets to the screening. And you'll also be asked to participate in a post-screening Q&A. So if you've got something that you want to share and chat about, um, it, has to be, it has to have been made after November 2016. Uh, and you can send um, the, the film and the short synopsis, a uh, maximum of two sentences, to programming at csif.org. And the deadline for that is the end of the month, Friday, September 28th at midnight. Uh, and if you're an actor member, there is uh, eight. There are eight grants of one thousand uh, dollars up for grabs. Um, if you check out the Actor Alberta website, you can find more information on that. Um, get your own project made with some uh, some cash from Actra. Uh, the deadline for that is October first, um, and you have to complete your project by February 2019. Uh, Media Lab YYC is hosting a artist collaboration, um, which is kind of basically like come and hang out and. Uh, Work with, you know, or chat with other creative people, um, work on whatever projects you have going on, uh, hoping to inspire creativity and collaboration. Uh, all art forms are welcome, whether it's video, photography, music, painting, uh, all of this digital or physical. Bring your own supplies, bring your own drinks, snacks will be provided. This is all going down. This is a really cool idea. This is all going down on Wednesday, September 12th from 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. at Media Lab, which is in downtown Calgary. Uh, so you can check out the link uh, to the show notes. It's an Eventbrite uh, event, so you you, know, you want to register and uh, have some fun and show up and, and hang out with some artistic people. Totally. We could do a podcast all about the Calgary International Film Festival this year. There's a ton of exciting, fun, um, industry-related activities happening, not just the films. Um, that's happening from the 19th to the 30th of September. Uh, calgaryfilm.com is your source for all your info on that. And the Got a Minute Film Festival is going to be starting on September 24th and running for a week until September 30th. Uh, and these are, of course, one-minute silent short films that are happening on all the LRT platforms uh, in Edmonton and some C-Train platforms uh, in Calgary. Uh, as well as the Galerie Cité at La Cité Francophone in Edmonton on the lobby screen at the Metro Cinema uh, and other Edmonton Public Library. So gotaminutefilmfestival.com or just kind of watch out for those uh, at the end of the month if you're on a public transit platform. Cool. Uh, and then, of course, the Edmonton International Film Festival also coming up. That starts uh, September 27th and runs until October 6th. Uh, edmontonfilmfest.com for more information on that. Uh, so there's an Edmonton-based production company called Handful of Films that will hold a special advanced screening of their new CBC PBS documentary series, Equus, Story of the Horse at the Windspear Center in Edmonton. Uh, this is going down on September 17th, and this is all in advance of the national broadcast premiere on September 23rd, um, launching the fall season of CBC's The Nature of Things. Cool. That is cool. Uh, yeah, so go check that out, uh, September 17th. Uh, so, um, Annalise Larson, this is a, this is a new one. So I'm, I'm going to try to be fast, but we'll spend a little bit of time on this just because, uh, Annalise is a, a wonderful, um, experienced digital sh- uh, strategist and mentor for independent film and media in North America. Uh, now she, uh, I, I had the chance to meet her at, uh, the telefilm marketing summit right. that, uh, they flew us out to. And, um, she's fantastic and she's, she's kind of had this storypreneurs sort of brand for a while. She's got a website called storypreneursunite.com and she is doing a sort of like a tour of a number of different locations, um, uh, for a, a workshop she's calling how to find success for your film or web series. Uh, and you can imagine sort of all the things that are included in that from marketing and case studies, um, providing sort of step-by-step processes to, to, uh, identify your audience and find them and engage them online. 
and uh, give you applied exercises to help uh, implement the processes. Um, so she's coming to Alberta and uh, quite a few different locations. Uh, she's going to be in Lethbridge, uh, Lethbridge-themed episode, uh, at the Holiday Inn Lethbridge. Um, that's happening on September 13th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, Medicine Hat at the Medicine Hat Public Library, uh, Friday the, the 14th uh, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Then over to Grand Prairie on the 29th, uh, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Coca-Cola Center, and then Fort McMurray uh, at the Red Pole Center conference room, uh, also from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Um, the opportunity is free, but space is limited, so reserve your spot in Lethbridge, Medicine Hat, Grand Prairie, Fort McMurray, uh, and you can do that by using the link uh, in the show notes, um, and you can go to storyprintersunite.com, and uh, this is being put on by Hive as well, which is fantastic. Uh, Media Lab YYC, back to back to Kyle uh, there, who's hosting a How to Make a Great Video uh, class. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, but this is going down again on Wednesday, September 12th from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. It's only 35 bucks uh, again, at Media Lab YYC, downtown Calgary. So check that out. Uh, and then we have the Fava uh, Video Kitchen, um, which we've spent some time on in the past. Yep. Uh, this is a 12-week course happening from September 15th to December 8th, uh, Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, like we say, it's only $845 uh, plus GST to sign up, and you get to make a film uh, over the course of that journey, and that's not a bad price considering IATSE 212, which is the technical union, uh, is hosting two workshops uh, coming right up. The first is LX1, an introductory workshop on working in the film and uh, in the lighting department. This is being trained by Scott Lutley. That's happening on September 15th at 8 a.m. Uh, at William F. White down by the film center there. Um, and the other workshop is the set etiquette and protocol course. Um, we talk about this whenever it comes up. It's a, it's kind of every month now or, or yeah, every other yeah. month. Um, and this is the kind of the bare bones minimum training that you need to um, be able to work on a union set. It's basically just how a set functions, what you, what your first day is going to be like um, and what you're you know probably going to be doing on your first day on a film set. Uh, and this is taught by Gail Kennedy, who is uh, one of Alberta's premier makeup artists. Um, mm-hmm. She's a wonderful person, uh, definitely someone to meet uh, if, as well as, you know, to learn what she has to say, taking the workshop. Uh, but that's happening on September 20th at 6 p.m. Uh, at IATSE Local, which is down kind of by Chinook Center uh, in Calgary. Uh, Upstart is coming back again. Uh, this is a wonderful workshop for actors and directors. If you haven't heard about it, it's eight evenings um, over the course uh, of September 24th to November 26th. Um, and you basically work out scenes. You take scenes from film and television and you remake them um, sort of in a, uh, you know, with a camera, with the actors, with the director. And um, if you would like to be an actor in this, you can apply with a resume and headshot. Or if you'd like to direct, um, you can send a resume uh, or film list along with any links to uh, work that you've directed. Uh, they're going to be doing interviews slash auditions uh, for those roles uh, Monday, September 17th in room MD212 at SAIT. And uh, the deadline uh, for returning members to apply is September 14th. Um, and you, need to, you, uh, you can submit at ampia.org slash workshops slash upstart. Want to write a script? Got to take this course. Okay. This course, 10-week course at the CSIF in Calgary. Uh, 10-week workshop every... What day of the week does that help? Wednesday, Thursday night? Uh, yeah, Wednesday. Every Wednesday night. Uh, for three hours, you'll hang out with uh, 
screenwriting instructor extraordinaire Jason Long. The legend. He is a legend. Um, and his humor is dry. <laughs> Bone dry. And it gets drier as he and gets older. Dry. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, just a really awesome guy um, and really, really knows his stuff and has such a great... I don't know if it's an ear or an eye or what. He's got a great sense for um, questioning mm. and, and asking you, you know, what what your character's motivation is. Really getting to the heart of um, your story. He's so good at it, and uh, I've learned so much from him. Uh, I actually took this workshop many, many years ago, and uh, would recommend it to anyone who fancies themselves a screenwriter or wants to be one. Uh, so again, that's starting on October third. Uh, and it'll end on November 28th, uh, 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. It's $360 for members of the CSAF or students and $400 for non-members. The deadline to register for this is Saturday, September 28th, and you can do so at csaf.org. And Ampia is putting on another one of their awesome producer accelerator events coming up. Uh, this is uh, a ways out yet, but uh, it is uh, an exciting opportunity for people to learn all the ins and outs of producing, especially in Alberta. It's happening at Red Deer College. Uh, on October uh, 20th and 21st, and it's designed to help emerging and mid-level producers build the foundation they need to take the steps forward in their careers. There's talk of uh, Scott Westby or Matt Waterworth perhaps appearing on a, a panel or two um, during the, the course. I'm just going to say it's possible. It's, yeah. <laughs> and tickets are $50 for students, $75 for Ampia members, and $100 for non-members. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can sign up, uh, I think, at ampia.org. So we get into the what's shooting section, mm-hmm. which, you know, varies throughout the year from a little bit depressing to a little bit uh, anxiety inducing. Mm-hmm. And we're in the anxiety inducing bit for us, at least right now. For sure. Because there's a lot going on. Um, so if you're wanting to get on a film set, uh, it's a great time to um, to reach out to some of these projects to see if you can uh, get some work. So Lost in Space is shooting right now and it goes to the 21st of September. Black Summer, a Netflix zombie show, is shooting right now and goes to the end of September. Heartland, of course, their 12th season. They, they just passed 200 episodes too, right? Yeah, which is yeah. incredible. Congrats mm-hmm. to the whole Heartland team. It's amazing. Uh, going to the end of September. Um, Jonesin, which is our movie, um, starts shooting on September 17th and it goes until the Friday right before Thanksgiving, October 5th. Togo, which is going under the, the codename Tenfold, which is the Disney movie starring Willem Dafoe. Hi, Willem. I know you started listening last week. And, yeah, uh, welcome. you will continue to listen <laughs> while you're here. Uh, you welcome to make a cameo in Jones and if you like. Mm. Uh, Disney feature in pre-production uh, until September 23rd when they go to camera. Uh, Jan, Jan Arden's TV series, which is shooting uh, kind of today or when this episode comes out, maybe um, September 10th. And they're going to October 4th. And Spiral, a uh, feature film by Chris Ball and Kurt Harder, uh, which will be shooting um, shortly after Jones and Raps, uh, October 8th or maybe the following week. Uh, that's that. Holy crap. Yeah, there's a lot. A lot going right. on. Uh, some jobs happening as well. This is uh, an opportunity for a digital video storyteller at the University of Calgary um, in the University Relations Department. Looking for a strategic uh, strategic communications within uh, University Relations is currently seeking a full-time regular digital video storyteller. Um, this is uh, somebody with at least three to five years of experience shooting and editing and producing videos. Uh, you need a, a degree or diploma in multimedia, visual journalism, or related sort of field. Um, you need to be proficient in Adobe Premiere and After Effects. Uh, highly creative, experienced in 
still photography and uh, good design flair and experience working on illustrations and animation uh, is an advantage, uh, as well as a keen sense of the news, excellent communication and experience in developing traditional and online uh, content strategies. Uh, deadline to apply is September 14th, and you can find out more by going to careers.ucalgary.ca. If you're in Edmonton, uh, the Onlia Corporation is looking for a video editor. This is a full-time temporary position. Uh, and uh, you'll be helping them basically create um, online learning experiences. Of course, video is going to be a big component of that for them. Um, yeah, there's a lot to, to kind of learn about this, but uh, it's a cool gig for an editor. And uh, you can find a link to that in the show notes. Or um, if, if you're not a show notes person, you can Google Onlea, which is O-N-L-E-A Corporation Video Editor, and I'm sure it'll come up on Google. Uh, all right, and then uh, there's there's a couple jobs uh, we we haven't had any in a while, but there's another one for a pre-production coordinator uh, at Wild TV. Uh, this is Canada's number one outdoor lifestyle channel, uh, and Recoil Creative Films and Television Productions Inc. is the Wild TV production company, and uh, they're on a mission to provide the most entertaining programming that informs, engages, and promotes conversation and the tradition of outdoors of the outdoorsman lifestyle. Uh, so this is, uh, you know, this, this role will be doing, uh, you know, managing travel and booking, uh, uh, arranging outfitters and receiving invoices and maintaining and building relationships with hosts and crew, uh, working with writers, uh, and maintain and hire a videographer's, uh, sort of, uh, roster, um, amongst many, many other things. So this is kind of a, a good producer, uh, skills role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, looking for somebody with two years experience in film, uh, degree in an equivalent field. Um, and a number of other requirements. So check out the show notes for more information on that. Uh, you can find the job on mediajobsearchcanada.com as well. Matt, do you love to keep things organized? <laughs> I did at one time in my do life. Do you like to work with a dynamic media company? Uh, of course. Matt, would you, uh, would you consider it rare that there is an opportunity to have a full-time nine-to-five job in the film industry yes, yes. in Alberta. This is true. Yeah, for sure. Maybe this job is, is something that you might be interested in. <laughs> you know what? I actually was interested in this job at uh, one time. Did you have it? Say about 10 years ago. Yeah. You had yeah. this job. Yes, I did. So 724 Films, which is um, Canada's you know seventh largest production company or even... Yeah, maybe, it was at, it was at one a, time. They're, yeah. they're huge in Canada. They're big. And they're yeah. based in Calgary. And they are the, the brains behind Heartland and Winona Earp. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, Jan now. Jan as well, now, yeah. yeah and, and tons of shows. They... they um, they keep uh, a lot of Alberta crews employed. For sure, for way. sure. They're, they're a big reason why um, Calgary has the, the, the industry that it has. I don't think that's um, unfair to say. And they are looking for an executive assistant and office manager. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know uh, these cats as well as Matt does, but, but I can speak for them in saying that this is um, an amazing opportunity. It really mm-hmm, is. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's a full time, you know, 8.30 p.m. to or 8.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. every Monday to Friday kind of job. So um, a lot to know about uh, this company and a lot to know about this job. Um, you know, if you if you really want to pick Matt's brain about what's involved, <laughs> I would encourage you to reach out to him. I see that the, the, the first requirement is proficient with the Mac operating system, including email and iCal programs. They're not joking. That is super important. So if you have any skills around that, uh, that ended up being a big chunk of my oh, job right when on. I was there, sort of IT managing uh, the, the Mac ecosystem they have there. Yeah, and you have to be able to communicate well. Um, you got to be organized. You're working with Microsoft Word and Excel, uh, and if you have to be positive and upbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, link to the job in the show notes. Uh, I encourage you to check it out. 
it's a, it's a great opportunity. For sure. All right. So now we get to the unplanned portion, yes. which is the recommendation. The inevitable. Never, you know, we just never learn. <laughs> I'll just make it easy. I'm I'm trying to get through the second season of Ozark. Many people have already probably done that, oh. but uh, I'm so I'm late on it. But uh, if you're not checking that show out, I think it's amazing. If you're looking for your Breaking Bad fix, this is sort of the next step up, and they, I think they take it a little in a very different direction and uh, a much more extreme direction. Um, sort of like thinking like, well, what if all those scary things that hap- that could have happened to Walter White while he was Breaking Bad did happen and how would that that have uh how would he have dealt with those things um so yeah it's it's interesting the the route they seem to be taking is like oh the worst might happen and then it does and it's like wow how do you deal with that sort of um uh, aftermath so anyway netflix show uh that i enjoy for sure very cool i know you don't i i tried but i so appreciate I I, yeah you say I really six did. episodes i, I, I mean, was like six episodes in before how can it, you yeah yeah it just it wasn't that i didn't like it it just didn't grip me that's mm. all mm. um but yeah i, I I totally can see uh, that it does. My recommendation is to uh, start watching uh, clips of movies without any audio. This is a, a Ron Howard tip in his masterclass, and I've started doing it, um, mm. especially right now as I'm shot listing. Uh, I shot listed uh, the big shootout scene last night, and you know I put together kind of how I thought it should go, and then I was like, okay. So then I went to YouTube and I just searched um, best shootout scenes Mm -hmm. and I shut the volume off and I just watched them. Interesting. And, uh, God, I got so many great ideas. Oh yeah. I'm I'm stealing. So cool. That's awesome. Um, cause it's like, Oh, that's a cool way to shoot a shootout. And it's like, does that fit? Does that particular shot? Like you just, you're able to deconstruct it if there's no audio, right? Cause the audio blends it all into this wonderful, smooth, you know, viewing experience, but without any audio, you're really just paying attention to, okay, how did they cut this together? What are these specific shots? Like you can break it down into its component parts a lot easier. So, uh, yeah, and that can work for, you know, it doesn't have to be a shootout or an action piece that can work for dialogue. It can work for anything for sure. Um, yeah, it's just a lot easier to pay attention to how it was made if you're not able to listen to it. So Mm. yeah, that's my recommendation. Cool. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, we got to get back to making a movie. So yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, That's all. <laughs> thanks to Briar, Chad, Britt, and Seth, who are so important to making this podcast a, a possibility. Seth, more and more as we yeah. as we go. In we, fact, it's probably fair to say you might not hear our voices uh, coming, coming up, up for the next yeah, couple of weeks um, because we're going to have to hand some of the this labor over to uh, perhaps Seth, perhaps Briar, um, and so uh, you or will both. still maybe both. Yes, uh, you will still get your podcast, um, but. Uh, uh, we may not be able to join you until after October 5th, but uh, uh, looking forward to it regardless. Uh, and so thanks to those people. Um, if you are an Alberta filmmaker, this podcast is about you and for you. So uh, please reach out. Um, let us know. Uh, I mean, uh, we're always interested in, in uh, having new guests on the show. We don't know everybody. So if you're interested in being on the show, let us know. Yeah, um, And especially if, you, you know, like a lot of the stuff in, in the news, you know, Briar scours the internet. She finds what she can. But a lot of it is hearsay or just knowing people and knowing what's going on. And yeah. so that's... That's why it's got a pretty heavy Calgary focus sometimes. It's you know? true. Especially it's this true. week with the what's shooting. Like that's all Calgary it's stuff. True, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we just can't, there's just so much going on that we can't keep up. Mm-hmm. But a simple email, it's letting true. us know what's going on. Absolutely. We'll get in these show notes. Absolutely. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, we're not like uh, CBC or, or, or 660 or CTV. You don't have to send us a press release. Yeah. Just say, hey we guys, just, I'm shooting yeah. a show for the next two weeks. Uh, cool. We'll put it in there. Even if we cool. hate you, we're, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> I don't hate anybody. <laughs> Except myself. Uh, but that's what it's for. It's supposed to be sort of like a message board yeah, for, exactly. for, the, for, so, the, for the community. Yeah. So. so a special focus for people who might not be uh, in Calgary and area, you know, Lethbridge, Grand Prairie, Edmonton, Red Deer. 
don't feel like you need to know us or you know if you're yeah. making a film in in the province we want to know about it for sure um or, or if you have a job call or anything like that, let us know. So you can reach us. Um, best way to do it is by email. It helps us stay organized. Hello at abfilmcast.ca. And you can find us on all the social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, social media pages. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thanks, Grandpa. Oh, fuck. MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should our, put up a MySpace page. <laughs> uh, our username on all those platforms is abfilmcast.ca. Uh, please do subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us those sweet five-star ratings. Yes, please. Uh, thank you every week to our sponsors. Um, you know, they help make this show possible. And uh, that that kicks us off with the final message from APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. Please listen to that message. And then once you're done listening, go, go make something. The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.